This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Hello and welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight I want to talk to you about your story. We all have one of those, right? That thing we tell ourselves about ourselves to ourselves. So what is your story? What is it that you're telling yourself about yourself to yourself? And how much does it really matter? So why is this important? This is important because the truth is the words we use do not describe our reality. They create our reality, which means that the story you tell yourself has way more power than you can think. And this is important because our subjective experience is a mere sliver of actual reality, which means we're basically making it all up anyways. So why not learn to make it up better? So let's back up a moment and talk about this idea of your story. So what is your story? What is it that you are telling yourself about yourself to yourself? The truth is that the words you speak hold power. They have the power to create new possibilities or to close them down. They have the power to build up relationships or to damage them. The power to lift people up or pull them down, yourself included. So what is your story? What are you telling yourself about yourself to yourself? And is it the most empowering version of reality that you have access to? So let's back up a moment. I want to remind you that you exist on four realms. So of course you have the physical realm. This is the part of you that you can interact with with your five senses. So anything you can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear is part of the physical realm. There's the emotional realm. This is the part of you that feels, the part of you connected to your unconscious mind, the part of you that is instinctual, that has gut instincts. You have your mental realm self. This is the part of you that likes to think, the part of you that loves to ask why, and the part of you that is connected to your conscious mind awareness. And then, of course, you have your energetic or spiritual self, which is connected to your higher self. And because you exist on four realms, that means that your story has an impact on all four realms. We tend to think that it's just some noise in our head and that it doesn't really have any impact on our reality. And the truth is, your story affects all layers of reality. So let's go a little deeper with that information. In the past, we've talked about this idea that you have a conscious mind and you have an unconscious mind. So what does that mean? Your conscious mind, this is the part of you that is aware, the part of you that thinks, the part of you that is rational and logical, the part of you that loves to ask why. And then you have your unconscious mind. This is the part of you that feels. It is your instinctual self. It is the part of you that makes sure that your lungs keep breathing without you having to think about it, that your digestive system keeps operating without you having to think about it. It is what runs your immune system. It is what stores your memories, and it communicates to your conscious mind awareness using emotions. Now, separating these two parts of the mind, there's something that is known as the critical faculty, and this is the part of you that cares to distinguish between reality and fantasy. Now, when we are first born, the critical faculty is there, 
but it's not quite solid yet, which is why kids are little sponges and they accept everything uncritically as truth. It's why they have such wonderful imaginations and why playing a game such as The Floor is Lava is a real thing to a young child. Now, somewhere around the age of seven, the critical faculty starts to solidify, and it is then that we begin to be able to choose to believe. For example, let's say you're watching a Superman movie, and if you stayed in your conscious mind, rational awareness, you'd probably think, that's dumb, people can't fly, and you'd be right. And you also have the choice to go beneath that critical faculty to enter into the world and realm of your unconscious mind and to say, okay, I'm going to suspend reality for a moment and I'm going to imagine that people can fly. And that is what allows you to get into the story. That is what allows you to believe it and have fun with it. And so the critical faculty is the part of you that cares to distinguish between reality and fantasy. And as adults, we have the ability to play with this space, to choose to stay in our rational thinking self or to go beneath that critical faculty and play. And our critical faculty acts kind of like a gatekeeper, which means that everything outside of us is always being compared with what we already know inside of us. Everything we encounter and every situation we meet is compared with our existing knowledge base, which includes all of our previous limitations and awareness of things we cannot do. And anything that opposes what we already have learned is likely to be rejected as inaccurate or worthless. That's when we come up with a rationalization to explain why this new thing is inaccurate, why this new thing is worthless, and why we are justified in rejecting it. It is our critical faculty that bounces things out that don't already fit into the biases we already hold. In other words, all of who you are, all of who you've been, all of the memories and beliefs and decisions and genetic information passed down to you from previous generation colors your experience in every given moment. And anytime anything happens outside of you that is not a match to what you already believe about reality, you either try to make it fit through a story or you discard it as worthless. Which is why Henry Ford's quote is so profound. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right you always get to be right. The question is, is your version of right the most empowering version that you can choose, or is it just the one that confirms the biases that you've already been exposed to? Now, in addition to making sure that your digestive system is running and your lungs are working and your immune system is working, your unconscious mind does some stuff for you. And one of the things it does is it always scans your environment. Its number one job is to keep you safe, which means it is always listening. Every word you say out loud or in your head is basically a hypnotic suggestion to your unconscious mind. And it takes everything literally. Your unconscious mind is beneath that critical faculty, the part of you that cares to distinguish between reality and fantasy, which means to your unconscious mind, everything is real. Now, physiologically, we've done some tests around this, and we know this to be true. If you take someone and put them in an MRI machine to scan their brain, and then give them a basket of grapefruits to count, they will count the grapefruits and a specific part of the brain will light up. If you then remove those grapefruits and tell them to count imaginary grapefruits, just imagine that they have a basket of grapefruits, the same part of the brain lights up. 
your unconscious mind is incapable of telling the difference between reality and fantasy, which means that when you tell the story of your victimhood, when you tell the story of your powerlessness, your unconscious mind believes you. And this story that you tell has an impact on your actual physical reality. So back in 1994, Dr. Masaru Emoto, a Japanese researcher and scientist, decided to study the effect of thought and prayer on water. He took samples of water from the Fujiwara Dam in Japan and exposed it to different thoughts, such as, thank you, eternal, I love you. And what he found is that when he exposed this water to positive messages, such as thank you, such as I love you, the molecules became very organized, very symmetrical, quite beautiful. And when he exposed that exact same water to more negative messages, such as you fool or you disgust me, suddenly the symmetry went away. Suddenly the beauty went away and became very chaotic and mottled. The water showed structural differences depending on the story that it was exposed to. Now, conservative estimates put the human body at composed of somewhere around 60 to 80 percent water, depending on your age and hydration level. So what would you look like if we put you under the microscope? Your story matters. The words you say about yourself to yourself matter and has an actual physiological effect on the molecular structure of water of which you are mostly composed. So what is your story? What is it that you are telling yourself about yourself to yourself, and what would you look like if we put you under the microscope? Now, energetically, your story has even more power. Now, in the world of love and light, when we talk about energy, we talk about this divine thing. And in science, when we talk about energy, we're talking about light. And way back in the 1700s, this big debate was going on whether or not light was a particle or whether it was a wave. And then along came Thomas Young in 1801, who built upon the work of Isaac Newton. And he wanted to figure out once and for all, is light a wave or is it a particle? And he developed what is now known as the double slit experiment. And in addition to figuring out some important things about the behavior of light, some really interesting things came out of this experiment as we started to duplicate it going forward and when we started to bring it into the quantum world. The way the double slit experiment works is that they took a piece of cardboard with two slits in it and then they had a board behind it and they shone light. Now, if light were a particle, when particles were to go through two different slits, then you would expect to see two slits on the wall behind it. Imagine if I took a big can of spray paint and I sprayed. If you've ever done stenciling, then you know how this works. Whatever I stencil, I get this exact same thing replicated. So if light were a particle and I had two slits, then I would expect to see two slits painted on the wall behind. Instead, what they found was something called an interference pattern, which can only exist when there are waves. When the top of one wave interacts with the bottom of another wave, the two cancel each other out. They interfere with each other and they cancel. But the thing is, when there's only one slit, it acted like a particle. How is it that when it's just one slit, it acts like a particle, but when there's two, somehow these particles are interacting with each other? And so they decided to get clever, and they decided to fire single electrons through the slit, one at a time. And there was still an interference pattern. If these particles were going through one at a time, how could they interfere with itself? 
And so they decided to get clever and they'd put a little tiny measuring device right there so they could observe it. And what they found is that when they observed it, it went back to behaving like a particle. The mere act of observing it changed how it responded. And so in quantum mechanics, the observer effect is this idea that the particle goes through one slit or the other or both or none. All potentials exist in this quantum field of potential, and it is the act of observing it that collapses the quantum wave function into actual reality, and therefore makes it act as either a particle or a wave. And I love this quote by Pascal Jordan that says, observations not only disturb what has to be measured, they produce it. We compel a quantum particle to assume a definite position. In other words, we ourselves produce the results of our measurements. So what does this have to do with your story? This means that when you are focusing your attention, when you are giving energy to the words that you use, when you are telling a story, you are in effect collapsing the quantum wave. All potentials exist around you. Your empowerment exists right now. Your strength already exists. It is the story you tell yourself that collapses what you actually notice around you. And so when you tell the story of your victimhood, that is what you bring into your reality. So then what is reality? If the way the world behaves depends on how or if we look at it, is there actually an objective reality outside of us? This is something that quantum physics is now starting to examine. The overlap between human consciousness and the quantum world are getting closer and closer, and there are many that believe that they may be one and the same thing. If there is no objective reality, then the subjective experience is based on our limited data that is filtered through all of our biases and all of our previous programming, which means we're basically making up as we go along. Literally. And if the words we use are just a label of a label of a label based purely on the filtered subjective experience, then we can make it up better by adjusting the label we apply. In other words, your story does not describe your reality. Your story creates your reality, literally. You are making it up anyways. Make it up better. What is the story you are telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that life is terrible and messy and that you had a bad day and that everyone's just out to get you? Or are you telling yourself that you're not how you want to behave yet? You're not there yet. Are you telling yourself a different perspective of the same truth? What truth are you choosing? What reality are you creating? What story are you telling? Because it's not just arbitrary noise in your head. It's everything. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that the story you tell yourself is based on a filtered version of reality based on your programming and biases. You're basically making it up anyways based on limited data. Make it up better. Remember that the story you tell yourself has an actual effect on the molecular structure of water of which you are mostly made. And remember that the story you tell yourself determines your focus, the observation, which has an actual effect on reality. All potentials exist around you. Your story determines the focus, your focus determines your behavior, your behavior creates your reality. Change your story, change your reality. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. It is so much easier to think that you are the victim of life and that, well, it's just how it is. It is what it is. 
Knowing that you have the power to change your reality completely based on the story you tell about it puts you in a position of exceptional power. And as Spider-Man once wisely said, with great power comes great responsibility. So just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will take you to the next step. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast or previous episodes, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. I was just going to um, um, verify this or solidify this, that I've been in private coaching with Jen and following this whole journey since August of last year. And I think this is absolutely the first step in changing your life is changing the story you tell yourself. And it doesn't have to go from bad to it's going to be great. I'm going to win, win money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, even just small changes every day in what you say to yourself wow, what a big change that makes over, over time and quickly, very quickly. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, you don't have to go from a negative story to a positive one. False positivity, that spiritual bypassing is not a fun place to be. The opposite of negative is not positive. It's neutral. So how can you tell your story from a more neutral place? We don't have to go from, I'm an idiot to, I'm a wonderful person, because then we're lying to ourselves and we know we're full of crap, right? And so it's, you can't get there from here. You can't, you can't do that big of a jump. I can say, instead of I'm an idiot, I can say, I'm not yet where I want to be. I'm still working on things. I'm still figuring out who I am. I don't yet believe the great things I want to about myself, and I'm working on it. That is true. You still want to be truthful with yourself. Being like, I'm an amazing person when you believe in your heart of hearts that you suck. You're going to reject that. Remember that your critical faculty is the part of you that cares to distinguish between reality and fantasy and anything that doesn't match up with what you already believe bounces out. So we need to change our story to something that gets in. So it still has to be truthful. It just has to be a neutral version of the truth. I'm an idiot might feel like the truth. It might be a subjective reality. And I'm not yet where I want to be is also true. Which one gives you the most open possibility in that quantum field? The words you use, the story you tell is creating everything in your world. And so, yeah, you want one that's going to actually help you. Look at that. Who'd have thought? <laughs> what? We can actually create a story that helps ourselves and is honest and that we believe. And so it actually goes in and doesn't bounce out. We have that power. We're just not taught that we have that power. We think our words are describing our reality. We think there's some objective reality outside of us. And somehow with our puny little human neurology, we have any knowledge of this objective reality, which is mistake number one. And then we label it with words, which are so far removed from that reality that they can't ever get close to describing it, even if we knew what it was. Which means we are making it up anyways. Make it up helpful, make it up better, make it up empowering, make it up so it feels good. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, 
you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time and circle together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after, I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelifeunbroken.com backslash circle C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.